Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast version, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. You can also find information about my talk show appearances and any new book projects at MarlenePardo.com or go to Amazon and look up my author profile as Marlene Pardo Pelliser. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and also listen to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for Scary Storytelling, Nightshade Diary for Classic Horror and Adventure Stories, and of course, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests as we talk about the mysteries of the unexplained. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy theories, and just about anything that is plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing good. You know, it's the same thing. I want to say last year, it's kind of like a crazy uh, year. And uh, what can I say? I went, where was it that I went? I, what store? And it was August, and all of a sudden, I'm looking, and I'm seeing Halloween stuff, and it's like, oh, Halloween, they got old Halloween. And it's like, no, that's new Halloween stuff. So <laughs> commercialism is, yeah, all right. By um, I, ma- I imagine pretty soon we'll be seeing uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas stuff out by the end of, uh, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's incredible to believe that 2020 now is winding down according to businesses. But it's a good thing, I guess, you know. But yeah, it's, we're moving into the fall. Everything is crazy. I know a lot of people are still kind of like, depending on where you're living in the United States, you're having a hard time, depending on the COVID-19 situation, everything else with the economy. It, 2020, I'm telling you, it's like most people I know are thinking, okay, so when's 2021 coming up? <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about stuff that doesn't, helps us forget all this weird stuff that's going on, okay? This is this is what this show is about. People talk about weirdness. <laughs> yes, and let me introduce this who the guest is. They've been here before. They've been here before. And the name of this group is Black Hills Paranormal Investigation. They were founded back in 2007 and they're proud to serve the Black Hills and its surrounding communities. Since their founding, they've grown into a professional and trusted team of paranormal researchers. And in the beginning, they set out believing that to be taken as serious investigations, investigators, they had to set a very high standards for themselves and for their practices. Their guiding principles are critical thinking, common sense, continuing education, and a healthy dose of skepticism. And you know very well that I've spoken many times as a paranormal investigator that despite what many people think most investigators that should be number one on your list, uh, a high threshold as far as to accept something that's paranormal. And of course that comes along with skepticism, but let me introduce them all. Well, I want to introduce first Mo Miller, which is the lead investigator. How are you doing today, Mo? Fine. And how are you doing, Marlene? Great. Fantastic. Crazy. Glad to see that you were able to gather a group together because we had such a good time the last time that we uh, did the interview. If you want to introduce the team members that are there. 
Certainly. Okay. And as, if you guys know me, I'm Maurice Miller. Most people know me as Mo. I'm the lead investigator for Black Hills Paranormal Investigations. Over here, this gentleman with the nice white hair is Mr. Mark Shadley. He's our co-lead investigator. Hello. And you might remember Leanne Harlan. She, she's one of our investigators. A new investigator, we've had her for about a year or so, is Kaylee Johnson right here. Okay. And then, special treat, sitting here with us is Danny Joe Butler. She's also on the team, but she's also a psychic slash medium. And, and if you know from talk to us in the past that we were kind of sketchy as far as psychic mediums go. Yeah, but you were kind of up in the air about that. She really watered our eyes when it came to, you know, doing the paranormal investigations and explaining stuff to us. And that's why we brought her on. Okay, fantastic. That's great. I, You know what? Most of the investigations that I've been in, having either, if you want to call them a psychic or a sensitive or anybody, it, it, it helps. It helps. But again, you know... Um, I understand where you're coming from as far as you want to make sure that who you bring on the team is somebody that you're like, that you right. believe in, basically, is what it boils down to. So, separating fly shit from you know what. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you um, I know you guys have done so many interesting investigations because you're right there in the middle of very unusual historical location. Uh, have have you had any recent or have you revisited any of the old places that you've been investigating? As a matter of fact, yeah, well, as you know, we're kind of like the last bastion of the Old West right. out here. Uh, we did a couple investigations in the last year that turned out to be really, really interesting. And Mark can attest to it. And actually, everybody, everybody here was involved. Okay. And actually did the brothels again. Okay. A few months back, I think it was February or March, before the COVID thing really, really kicked off, and we and we actually got some pretty interesting results from that one also. Okay, and uh, because a lot of these brothels, some of them have they been converted to casinos and things like that, or are there still any of the original buildings per se? Funny you should bring that up. Uh, Deadwood History, they're the ones that run the Adams House and whatnot in Deadwood. Mm -hmm. uh, the brothels, where they're at in Deadwood, you know, it's the upstairs. The downstairs right. are businesses, casinos and t-shirt shops and what right. have you. But the upstairs stayed the brothels. Mm -hmm. And if you have the brothels, they've actually revamped it. I want to get in there now because they've revamped it to how it was. Oh, really? Tours now. So now I want us to get in there to see if any anything's kind of agitated and it act, if it's acting up now because of the renovations they've done. Yeah, because I, I've heard that that happens quite often, that renovations stir things up and you get a lot more activity or places that you thought that nothing was happening, all of a sudden you get complaints about weird things happening. Um, and I know sometimes even from the land that you could just go to some place that doesn't look like there's any structure, but something did happen there or there was something there. Right. Uh, and a lot of things happened in that area as far as uh, just the overall, it was such a crazy place when it was being settled. It was. And you want to start, Mark, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about it, that's. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of significant in the aspect that, um, Back in, in late 1875 is when the first, um, I guess, miners started coming into the, what was known as Deadwood Gulch there. Mm -hmm. and But then things didn't start really start uh, 
ramping up until about 1876. But you have to understand that this whole area out here um, was part of the great uh, Sioux Lakota uh, reservation that was granted to them um, back in the Laramie um, um, Treaty of 1868. So anybody, any white settlers that came out here were actually trespassing. So you have to keep that in mind too. Is okay. the some of the the bad things that happen to them as they come out uh, and things like that. But as we started to progress through the years, um, Deadwood was a pretty active location as far as as a as a location for trade, mining, um, supply and demand, that type of thing, transportation. Um, so yeah, I mean, so a lot of stuff that went on, uh, murders, suicides, uh, a lot of that negative activity, and which we all know kind of helps us as investigators to the paranormal when it comes to uh, how that imprints upon the environment. And then, you know, as a result of that, then that's when we get called in to investigate all of those um, little tidbits of activity that, that people report uh, happening, and which is really kind of nice because once you understand the history of this location of Deadwood and, and the surrounding area, it it's better for us when we investigate. Um, hopefully we can tie in some of those historic events that are known to what's happening uh, in the paranormal. So it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting when you run across a piece of evidence that you can actually say, "Holy crap!" You left part of what really happened back in the day. So yeah, there's you know something to this, you know. For instance, when we were in the Brockies proper the last time, Mark and I were in one of the main rooms, okay. and I guess that's sat and kind of waited your turn for a lack of better terms. I don't know what you'd call it. Anyway, and Mark put out some money on the table and we thought as a trigger object, you know, maybe we could get somebody, you know, some some kind of interaction. Uh, what we got were two EVPs that were male. One said, this is horrible, but it said, at least I'm not Jewish. And oh. the other one, <laughs> other one was, let me buy some of that. Wow. Crazy. Because that was something we weren't expecting. Let me ask you something, because didn't everything change over there once they discovered gold? Wasn't that what, because before it was just... That's what kicked off moving people into the hills, right. was the discovery right. of 1870. Like everybody ran over there, all of a sudden it was like, that's the place to go because of the discovery of gold? Right. Well, and, and actually, what's interesting is... Um, Custer, George Armstrong Custer in the 7th Cavalry had actually come into there. They had been directed by um, the president and, and the government to come into the Black Hills in 1874 to, um, to kind of search out and make a survey of the Black Hills for the, um, what the value of the Black Hills was because at the time the government was negotiating with the Native Americans to purchase the Black Hills. And so one of his, one of Custer's edicts was to come in, survey the area, and also look for a, an appropriate location for a military installation okay. to help with the um, enforcement of the, of the treaty tenants. Okay. So, but, you know, what they found was gold uh, down on French Creek, um, 
down by Custer, and um, and that was the end of it. They they sent a writer out to to uh, I think it was to uh, Cheyenne to put off a, a telegraph that they found gold, and by the time Custer had gotten back um, that fall to his fort up in uh, the North Dakota uh, territory, uh, Fort Abraham Lincoln, people were already uh, trying to come into the Black Hills, and it was the Army's job to basically stop them and keep them out because they were enforcing, they were trying to enforce that treaty. Which worked for about 15 minutes. Right. I was going to say, you know what, when people, when it's a gold thing, it's like, forget it. Now, let me ask, you know that that old, it's been already a few years, Deadwood, which by the way, personally, I love that Deadwood series. I think it was HBO that produced it. Let me, how, how accurate is it? Because I know Hollywood sometimes makes up stuff. Because I know that in that series, they, the characters were even talking or conversing the way people would back in those years. A good point. Are you, is that accurate? Was that an accurate portrayal of what was going on then? Marlene, I think that I think the way they talked was pretty accurate because okay. there was a lot, of, you know, curse words and what have you. I have to maybe disagree See. with Mo on this, and 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 I'll tell you why. Because okay. if you read any of the things about the Deadwood series, they talk about it being more of a kind of a, a Shakespearean take. Right. on the old Deadwood. So with their language, the way, you know, the way they spoke and things like, sure, they used nasty language, right. but I, you know, I, I, I don't think it was in the same vein as what you see on the show. Okay. I, I think what it comes down to, it depending on the type of person. Well, and, and higher class yeah. people aren't going to throw out the curse words and stuff like your regular layman going to go out and dig in the dirt kind of guy. But I, I don't think it was as prevalent as how they showed it on the show. And, and the show took a lot of liberties with historical um, events that, that actually took place. And I mean, they show on there one part of it where they showed Seth Bullock, you know, being with uh, Wild Bill Hickok, right. you know, you know, shooting out with some other people. Well, that never happened. In fact, Seth Bullock showed up, uh, him and Soul Star showed up on the day that, that um, Hickok was shot and killed. Right, I was. Yeah, that was one of those things that Hickok basically showed up to just to get killed in a way, right? Well, yeah, he had, he had he had a premonition. He told his good buddy um, that you know he he kind of figured that this was going to be his last camp. Boy, I was on the money. Yeah, and and he had only been in in town for maybe two weeks, two couple weeks, you know, before he was shot and killed. So he was, you know, and, and he was looking for, you know, he had always been that kind of a guy that was out on the on the edges of the Wild West, so to speak, you know, right, trying to. Right, right, That's where he got that reputation, right, as like a crazy kind of guy. Yeah. And Deadwood, the Black Hills, were like had, Mo had mentioned earlier, was on the, you know, was on the edge of that Wild West at that time. You know, the Wild West was pretty much you know, being tamed and, and, but the Deadwood area and the Black Hills area was kind of like the last vestiges of that. So that he was kind of looking to keep, you know, pushing forward with his reputation and stuff. And, but he was, you know, he was going blind. He was going bald. He's so getting he, old. Is that what you, he's getting old. 
she was, and most people, most people, truth be told, most people in the camp really, you know, weren't real happy that he was there because they thought, eh, you know, just a big blowhard, mm-hmm. you know, we're just to make a living, you know, we don't care about this guy because, you know, we're trying to make a living and this guy's going along with his reputation and, you know, being kind of a, you know, a, a braggart and... So a lot of people didn't really have much to do with them. Well, if, yeah. from what I understand also back then, one day you could be a lawman and the next day you could be in trouble with the law. Like they kind of switched out very easily uh, yeah, between I, being a gunslinger, a lawman, and an outlaw. Yep, absolutely. And I think some people seem to think that maybe when Wild Bill came into town, that they were kind of worried that he was going to try to come in and be the law and things like that. And, you know, he just really didn't have any desire to do so. I mean, his initial thought was just to come in and, and dig for gold because he was just newly married. And okay. so he was thinking, well, I'm going to come in and try to um, get a gold mine and, and try to get some gold. And then he realized, well, darn, that's hard work. <laughs> so he decided to go and hang out. He, had, he knew uh, some guy that ran the, the Nuttle and Man's Saloon Number 10 knew him mm-hmm. and told him, oh, Bill, why don't you hang out in my bar, make it your home base, and he's and, and looking at it as, an, as a business opportunity. Hey, I got the great Wild Bill sitting here playing cards and drinking in my saloon. So, you know, he was hoping to bring business in off of Wild Bill's name. Why, so, did, why did he get, who, who and why did he get shot after such an adventurous life? What happened? Yeah, you know, there's so many different things. I mean, they, some say that um, the guy that shot him, they had been playing cards earlier, mm-hmm. and one had basically wiped him out, and then while Bill had tossed him some money so that he could have, um, he can, you know, get something to eat later on, and, and uh, some people say that that was kind of an affront to him, kind of a, a kind of disrespecting him. And so, but we'll never really know. I mean, he just, I think a lot of it may just have been too that, you know, hey, I'm gonna make a name for myself and, you know, I can run around and say, hey, I'm the guy that shot and killed Wild Bill. But- um, Right, like, yeah, it, it sometimes those guys, they kind of, when you look at back, people over there could get shot very easily over something insignificant. It really didn't take that much for somebody to pull a gun on you. And, you know, and, and it's funny because after he was shot and killed, and they had the trial. His, you know, Jack McCall was the guy's name uh, that killed Wild Bill. When they had his trial, it was a minor's trial. Well, the thing that's interesting was, is Deadwood at the time was basically outside of the United States. Oh, it was wow. okay. the United States at the time. Well, so, was it Dakota Territory, right? In a Dakota Territory, but it wasn't. It wasn't part of the United States. Right. So. Um, the miners, you know, kind of were sitting around thinking, well, you know, darn, if we find him guilty and hang him, then, you know, the United States Marshals could come in and arrest us all for murder yeah. for this guy because mm-hmm. the, the trial, they would say, was illegal because it wasn't part of the of a true recognized court. Exactly. So, yeah, so they decided, hey, they gave him a horse and a saddle and said, get the hell out of town. Bye. So, he was kind of dumb. He went to Wyoming and was bragging in a bar that he shot and killed Wild Bill. And so I guess a couple uh, U.S. Marshals are, were in there at the time, and they arrested him and brought him back to uh, the territorial um, 
um, capital in Yankton tried him there and and hung him. And hung him, yes. And then left the left the noose on him when they when they buried him. So you mean that that's what he got for having such a big mouth? What a dumbass! <laughs> now I want to ask you the obvious, and even though I have a are there any uh, supposed uh, sightings of Wild Bill? Now, now we'll, we'll, I'm going to let Leanne talk and Kaylee talk real quick. Okay. You guys can just go on first. I'm new. You know? I don't know. Well, I mean, that, I, and the reason why I say this, the, that I ask, and I, I mean it like tongue-in-cheek, because a lot of these places, everybody thinks that only famous people haunt and there's so many people that went through there that they weren't notorious, but they could very well be your the, the ones that are haunting there. God knows things were so crazy. But everybody always wants to say, ah, it's the ghost of Walt Bill Hillcock that got murdered. Have yeah. there been any supposed sightings of him? I've never heard of any. Really. No. No? Okay. I'm surprised. Yeah. You would think that they would have like tried to keep on trading on his name. In all of my uh, walkings through of the, the Deadwood buildings and whatnot, I've never picked up Wild Bill Hickok, but okay. so that doesn't mean he can't be seen, but I've never sensed the energy well, of he, You know what? Maybe maybe we got shot. That doesn't see that he was maybe ready to go and he just didn't stay behind. It's like, I'm out of yeah. here. I'm out of here. And, we did investigate where it happened. Okay. We never, we never got any evidence that would even indicate Wild Bill was was around. I mean, we got other pieces of evidence that were, you know, I think we we got a picture of what we think was a child or a young kid. Okay. But never got anything having to anything to do with Wild Bill whatsoever. The only thing close, I think, and everybody we can we still talk amongst ourselves on occasion is mm -hmm. we had a film. Oh, it was three or four years back. We were upstairs in the brothels, and I don't know, was it you asking for Wild Bill? I can't remember. They had asked us to specifically ask for mm -hmm. Wild Bill. Okay. And I'm in a doorway of a room, right? You know, like I'm half in the hallway, half in the room kind of thing. Okay. In the hallway, and then Ricky or whatever said, you know, remember he thought he heard footsteps. Something's coming. And you know how somebody invades your personal space? Right. Because I hate to do this, Right. But, you know, somebody invaded your personal space, and I looked, and there was somebody there. And I about, you know, went and fell back in it because I'm not used to having anything in my face. Right. I can see that it's Wild Bill. I know I, I can remember the dude had long hair and a mustache. That's all I can tell you. Okay. That would say, oh, my God, that was Wild Bill. I, I don't think so. I don't think it was. That could have okay. described yeah, exactly. the guys that were there at that time. Right. That's pretty People don't realize that back then, yeah, that over yeah. long, long hair and yeah. so that was pretty significant. It was, it was kind of weird. But, it was weird to say the least. But the camera crew really wanted it to be Wild Bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you because I know that during that time it wasn't only the gunfights. There was like what was it? You had fires and even like uh, diseases that ran through there. I mean, it, people like you said that thing about the child dying. You know, there were mm -hmm. a lot of the things that killed people that were living there, like the regular people, in other words, right? And now that you brought that up, I want Danny to tell you. It's, she's been on the team a couple of years now, but she's been with us, and she's been into the brothels, and she's been in, on the different investigations we've done in Deadwood. 
And it's kind of interesting to get her take on it, too. Okay. And you want me to talk about the brothels? Sure. <laughs> so the brothels definitely have a little bit of a, a crazy vibe. Um, I've been in there a couple times now. Um, I just pick up some of the the old familiar sounds, and I can hear, you know, people talking and see that. And I have seen, um, I do believe I've seen a child in the brothels. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to be able to kind of sense those those old memories that kind of uh, come in there. Um, there's been a few times, too, we've had some kind of that creepy uh, back of the neck hair standing up feelings in there, too. But I'm pretty curious to get back in there now that they've redone it and see if that's changed it. I know that they had a little bit of goings-on during the remodel because I've, I've chatted with them about it. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting to, to feel those old memories. Right, because you would think, I imagine, what, the employees are the ones that... I imagine have the most experiences right because they're there maybe before hours after hours yeah uh, and those are the times I, in my experience the people that when they work there are the ones hanging out that hear stuff or see stuff and you know depending on what it is then they and what we do try to do nowadays Marlene is we try to we try to Facebook live once in a while if the clients are okay with it and we did it in the brothels so people okay. can see hear exactly what we're experiencing at the too. Okay. Which us out a little bit too. And because you, know, you might hear something or see something and somebody's watching, you know, of course there's people that go off the deep end and say, Oh God, it's Aunt Martha, she's standing in the corner. <laughs> Other people you know, it's completely opposite sides of the spectrum. Other people are like, You're you're silly and this is all BS. Right. And then you have the people like us that are kind of in the middle saying, well, that could be something, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's not, it's not you kind of thing. Right, right. And the thing is that, and I was, you know, the reason also why I brought up that Deadwood thing is that, and I know it's Hollywood, but it shows you how the, there's so many sources for active hauntings because of the life that people live there. And right. also, they had, didn't they, some of these brothels were active all the way into the 80s, I believe? 1980. Yeah. Okay, so contrary to everybody thinking, well, this happened, you know, 100 years ago or 150 years ago, it's like, no, maybe there's stuff there that happened that's, as far as the haunting is concerned, that's a lot more recent. You bring up a good point. Sometimes, especially in Dead when we investigate, it's kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion. You know, what what era are we dealing with at this right. point? You know, is it somebody from the 40s or is it somebody from the 1880s? And you really got to dig deep trying to figure that out. And the neat thing is that's why we have Danny with us now, basically. She can help us. Well, I imagine as, as, a, as, you know, I imagine as a psychic on there, you've, you've probably come across, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you sense them or if you see them, you know, how they're dressed or, let's face it, if they're working in a brothel, they're prostitutes, but the mindset had to have been something different than, let's say, when Deadwood was, you know, Western Frontier versus in the 70s, for example. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think uh, it was a, I think it was a house up in Leeds, maybe, that we were in that used to be an old miners um, house. Is that mm -hmm. where we were? Yeah. And I, I think yeah. I was walking through just with the two guys. Um, we must have been just doing a walkthrough, and uh, I got touched on my breast and my butt. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I, I, 
touched at all, but, you know, that would have been a house filled with all men. Yes. Oh, right. Because, as you know, we have a pile of equipment we use. Right. We were using Nautilus at the same house that uh, Danny's describing, and Mark and I were downstairs where their bedrooms were, and there were footsteps going across the top like somebody's upstairs. And so I pointed upstairs, and our obelisk, it was kind of cool. It said, finger raised. And I was pointing, you know, upstairs. Wow. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, what the heck is that? Where is that coming from? Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's incredible. Right. This actually is watching you. That's... Right. It was, so it was it's, really. It's an intelligent haunting there. It's neat for, like, say, Mark and I and rest investigators. For Danny, sometimes not so not so fun because she can see <laughs> stuff apparently that we can't. So, well, yeah. Let me ask you: Have you been called into cases where sometimes they've put up either new buildings, new houses, new apartments, and then mm -hmm. stuff starts happening? And of course, it's because of what was there once upon a time. Yeah, that lady over over. Well, obviously, you're not from here, but east. On the east side of town here, there was a new construction. These houses were like five, ten years old, maybe. Mm -hmm. Pasture. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, we got all kinds of crazy stuff out of there. We got we got EVPs like that one. It was a lady said, "I'm coming." Okay. Exactly. I'm coming. There was EVPs that said, "I don't want to die." Wow. There was all kinds of crazy stuff. And what we were thinking is, these were pioneers that were coming out, you know, to this area. Right. And then whatever tragedy might have befallen them. And, you know, somebody's very sick saying, I don't want to die kind of thing. We, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting to say the least. Well, I think, I think a lot of times people don't realize that back then, so many things could very easily kill you. You know, you could, you know, you could get lockjaw from tetanus. You know, you could get a cut. You know, you could get exactly. anything that now you think you wouldn't die of back then. You could very easily die from something very simple. Um, so... And what was it? I think the average lifespan back there was like 50 years, I think, was the average lifespan for, for people. Mark and I are dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, you too now. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the name of this? Oh, my God. She's a real famous. Uh, oh, my. I can't believe. I can't. Uh, Calamity Jane. Anything having to do with Calamity Jane? Has she, because she was out there, wasn't she? Yes, she was. Yeah, yeah she's actually buried. Uh, right next to Wild Bill up in Mount Mariah. Oh, really? Shedwick, yeah, right. she passed away in Terry. What was it, 1903 or yeah. something like that? So yeah, so she was she was a pretty big fixture out here. Okay. For, and is she sighted or anything, or has anybody ever said anything about seeing? Uh... Not really. Mm -mm. So she's. That I can... so is no. There, is there is there any any um. I guess, how can I say it? Have any of the, well, I guess it would have to be an intelligent haunting that you've come actually identified themselves, somebody that you could follow back through historical records or not at all. And by this, I know that's very difficult. I know that. As you know, as an investigator, you know, it, it would be awesome if they would sit in a chair next to you at like CNN interview and say, my name's Bob and yeah. this is what I was all yeah, about. Yeah. We get snippets of what they did or what they, right. you know, where they lived and whatnot, but you never, is, I don't know why, but you don't get a name. Once in a while, we'll get but it doesn't really correspond to what's going on, if that makes sense. Sure. No, no, no. I understand. And, you know, nowadays that we're so used to everything being 
noted right. back then. Maybe people were transient, and you could make up, hey, to, I'm going to give myself this new name now that I'm in Deadwood, whatever. Just bring that up. When we investigate the Adams House, which we do every year with Deadwood history, we do it for them as a charity kind of thing. Okay. But we get all kinds of crazy stuff in this house. Anybody can come investigate with us when we do this, and we hand out our equipment. But anyway... You know, we've gotten EVPs and stuff that have nothing to do with, with the home, the location, or anything. Right. Kind of wondering if that's Bob from Cleveland just floating by saying, hey, what's happening? And he's on their merry way. We, we don't know. Right. We don't. Exactly. Or could the people that, 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 are, on the yeah, that are on the tours. We, 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 we don't, don't know. know. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's some of them, it's like they make an appearance and you really have no idea. Or, or, or even sometimes, even if, let's say for the sake of argument, that they actually gave you a name, even a full name. Right. Back, and we're talking about, of course, we're talking about when it was a frontier town. They kept very poor records back then about the only times you made the newspapers were if you were an outlaw or like a Wild Bill Hillcock. But the majority of people running around there were like unknowns. Right. We did get this as many years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. When BHPI first got together, we were investigating a home on the west side of town. And it was moved there, what, 1908? Something the Shoppers? Like that, yeah. Anyway, we got an EVP that said Kara. Okay, easy enough, right? Okay. And the house, the people that owned the house had had a fire in the basement, so everything was gutted. It was just two by fours in the lath and plaster. They'd pull all the drywall down. Mm -hmm. And as the lath off, on the inside in 1908, it had the people's names that lived there or worked on the house. Okay. Kara, which was wow. cool. Yeah. I, I don't know if she was a family member. I don't know if she was helping with the house. I have no idea. Interesting. See, stuff like that, that's like. Right. Makes, the, makes your arm hair stand up because you're yes. like, well, why? And now let me ask you because. Of course, we're going to the frontiers because that's what, you know, that area is more well known for. But let's face it, in between all those intervening years, murders take place, other things happen. Have you come across any investigation with something that was more recent as far as the cast of characters are that are involved? Hmm. You know, family members or, you know, a murder or something, but then necessarily having to do with, you know, back during those years. Well and I would have to defer to Danny on that because she's got far more insight than I, any of us. I think do. what comes up for me there is like Mary's house in Belfoo. Yeah, <laughs> the you know the man that was living in that house before one of the owners a uh, few probably maybe two generations back. Um, there was some some crazy stuff that went on in that house, and his energy was kind of still uh, making some uh, his presence known there, and uh, he was just. Uh, character and he kind of showed his his presence that way in, to the family that was living there now. I guess that's probably the most current thing that stands out to me. And then we got the EVP murder, the little kid, because they were talking about things in the kitchen. Right. We're falling, and we were in the kitchen investigating, of course. And we you know, we have our equipment. We had a recorder out there, and I had asked. I said, "Who knocked all the wine bottles off?" I can't remember his bottles of some sort. And it was a child's voice said, "It was me." Oh. I don't. I don't know who it was. So yeah. let me let me ask you: When you guys, let's say, you go out on an investigation, and you confirm, okay, you guys do have paranormal activity. We've we've captured evidence. 
what do you guys do? Do you just give them the evidence and walk away? What do they tell you? Look, what do we do? Do you guys have them out, refer them out? How do you guys, if any, do you, do you go beyond just the investigation? Right. What we used to be able to do, all we could do was observe and report. Right. Say this is true, yada, 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 and so on and so forth. Right. Now we have Danny on the team. So if it's something you know, not friendly or whatever, she can help the, the clients with getting rid of it or understanding what what's going on a little better than we can. Danny, have, let me ask you, as far as, have you been able to cross anybody over that's just confused? You know, not, not somebody that's dug their heels in and said, you know, I'm going to stay here haunting because, for example, this is my house, whatever. Um, right. That they've just kind of like lost their way, you know you know maybe you help them like you know by the way you're d-e-a-d you're dead you know it's some of them i know haven't caught on with that i um definitely have had some experiences with that um and actually that first house we're talking about is is kind of the house that brought us together mary's yeah. house okay. and um the team actually kind of put me to the test there i didn't know they were testing me yes but... we did <laughs> <laughs> some pretty cool things that happened there and um actually yes the man that we're talking about mm -hmm. um, he had kind of dug in his heels because he was a very good person when he was living he didn't cross okay. and actually didn't really realize that until i had gotten home and i pulled up in my driveway it was late in the night we had been trying to clear the house of his energy and the team was there my daughter and i were working on the house and uh it was like midnight i pulled up in the driveway my headlights were on the on the garage door and I just kind of like sighed like oh my god I'm so exhausted because we worked hard there and um, when my headlights turned off all of a sudden I saw him wow. surrounded by angels and he was kneeling and he had his head down and he said um, deliver me from evil okay and I was okay. like okay that's the house I'm done <laughs> I'm done he's <laughs> like okay <laughs> Well, that's probably the first time I've had experienced that, and I've had a couple of experiences similar since then. But and I want to—I'm going to ask you: Have any of you, have you had any uh, anybody follow you home after an investigation or weird stuff happen after you got home? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Well, Mark had us investigate his house once. Okay, what happened? You know, I mean. It's kind of weird because when when we first moved into the house, um, I was still working at, in California at the time, but my, my wife was staying at the house and she kept noticing the windows would yeah. would always be open. Okay. You know, and she always closed them and locked them before she'd like leave the house. And then when she'd come home and she'd find them open and it was always on one side of the house. And so, you know, she thought that was kind of strange. And then every once in a while, once I got there, you know, you'd hear like what sounded like somebody walking up the stairway and and walking around in the kitchen and stuff. But outside, and it wouldn't happen all the time. It just, you know, from time to time, and it'll be quiet for a while. And then every once in a while, we'll, we'll get a few things that'll happen. But then it, it's kind of funny because after some investigations, after coming home, okay. um, it feels like sometimes things will ramp up a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. But for like a day, and then boom, it's gone. And and so I don't know if it's necessarily where I brought anything home, or if it's just 
what maybe is already there is just saying maybe a residual whatever. Yeah. You know, why are you cheating on me? I don't know. Well, I got a cool EVP from Mark's house down in his basement. It was awesome. We were like in his. I, I, it's where your water heater is. All the mechanics. The mechanics. Anyway, because uh, this is years ago. And so I said, "Hey, do you run it?" And the reply was, "I love." You stay. I don't care. Not my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my wife would be worried about it. Because yeah. every once in a while, you know, you get a few things that happen, and then there's nothing for, for a while. Right, you know, right. Yes, yeah, like almost and... cyclical sometimes. You don't know sometimes exactly what the cycle is, but yeah, it's like um, exactly. you don't know exactly what, you know, triggers it, but sometimes, yeah, there's something yeah. going on, you know, that you just. It's on the ghost. If it, and sometimes it's just residual for some reason. And we had a thing here at, at the house this couple years back where we were we were here in door slam and we go down to the back of the house. Nothing, you know. There's nothing around. Okay. And my wife's a skeptic. Anyway, and all I did, I came out in the living room and I said, "Hey, if you're going to live here, you got to help clean." And then nothing ever happened again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Oh no. I'm going to move next door. That's, <laughs> That's great. Hey, you want to exercise a ghost? You gotta, all you need to tell them is, <laughs> hey, you got to pitch in with a cleanup, all right? Otherwise, it's like, That's it, man. We cleared the house. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. Um, the um, As far as the, um, have you, I'm just curious. Whenever you get, a, I mean, I know because of this thing that's kind of crazy, but before, was there any uh, type of cycle that you guys would be called in for more investigations versus other times of the year? Was there like a time period that you noticed? But I, I don't know if it has to do with hauntings themselves. Okay. Uh, it's fall in the winter, we get we get more calls and we get more active. But I'm thinking spring and summertime, you know, the weather's nice. People right. are outside, neighbors barbecuing, going to the lake, what have you. They're not at home all the time. Right. And I think in the winter, everybody's kind of hunker, especially in this part of the country, unlike Miami where you're at. But people hunker down and, you know, kind of like live in their house. Right. And this, and I think this kind of adds to it. They watch too many shows on TV. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Satan and his loyal minions live in their basement. And it's... <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you're, that's very accurate. Uh, you know, it's like, I'm going to run out of my house and spend the night in the car, but didn't you go look to see what it was? No, because I know it's a ghost. And it's like, are you sure about that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, people, people don't realize sometimes, like people, they, they too, they prime themselves, like you said, because they watch too many of these shows. And they never even bother find out, you know, what is that? Is that an animal? Is that a draft? Is it just whatever anything no they just like it's the ghost and they're giving you guys a call yeah yeah and that and that's one of the things that i pride you know i pride myself or our team on is because just because somebody says and i'm exaggerating but satan's loyal minions live in my basement that does not make it so i know i know it's an investigation the first thing we're going to try to do is debunk every claim they have right not being 
you know, not being mean or anything, but there might be a logical explanation for what's going on. Yeah. Once we exist all of that, then you start thinking, well, what could it be? Right. Most people don't want, by the way, it's, once upon a time, people would be glad if they would say, no, there's nothing here. But nowadays, they're kind of disappointed a little bit because they're just hoping that you're going to not only tell them that there is paranormal activity, but you're going to give them the name of the ghosts exactly. and all, et cetera, so that they could, you know, yeah, exactly. They really don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, let me ask you, is, is there part of, um, have you ever had any type of, uh, I want to say, it's it's not a group haunting, but any type of sighting where people, some people have even called it like time travel where they'll see a bunch of people or reenactment of a scene. Do you guys have had any type of haunting of that or people seeing something like that? You and Scott investigated that place in Deadwood where you guys interacted with whatever it may have been. And, and that person, whatever it was. Well, yeah. but she's, she's talking more of a group site. <laughs> Like a you know, like what what they'll often have like at Gettysburg, right? People, oh. a battalion or a, a company. But like we saw a whole battle going on, right? right. So I I mean I can't off the top of my yeah. head think of anything. Or even like even auditory, nothing like that. Because I know sometimes people will say they don't see anything, but they'll hear like gunshots. Or, and I know some in some places it's like it doesn't have to be ghostly, but hey, at the Adams house, yeah, Adam. One of the claims and and. And I think a couple of us even experiences too. That some of the claims is that when they were, you know, when the people that that work there are in there cleaning and doing stuff, they'll hear people, just a bunch of people talking like it's at like a party, a and go and investigate, and nobody will be in the house. Okay. Well, we there during some of our investigations, and we had actually kind of heard the same thing, and it'd be like, okay, where where in the hell is that coming from, and and so we'd go to that part of the house, and then you'd hear it coming from another part of the house. And then we'd ask, you know, the, the investigators that were in the gift shop to go outside, make sure there's not anybody outside and talking. And yeah, stuff. ambient noise. And right. it, you know, it's the middle of the night, and nobody's around. So, but, so yeah, you know, in that context, yes, we've okay. had something auditory, mm -hmm. but we've had any, I don't think we've ever had any people where they've cited numerous apparitions you know moving through a place or anything and, and what, Daniel, what, what's what's the history on that house on the adams house what is it what, uh, what's the background on it well the adams it's it's, it's a, a mansion yeah it's, it's a awesome. mansion and it, you know uh, it was built in the uh like the um what the victorian yeah, style six or something well yeah it was built yeah. in 1892 okay. uh, uh harris franklin and he was a liquor wholesaler in town, so he was pretty rich. Smart, smart. Yeah, he built the place, um, and it was, you know, a big write-up in it in the papers, and, and they lived there for many years, uh, had a lot of parties in the house, uh, celebrations and things like that. Okay. And, then, and then he sold it to his son, uh, who lived there for a period of time. And then um, his son, Nathan, sold it to... W.E. Adams, uh, we call it the Adams House now, and then Mr. Adams lived in the house up until the time he passed away, and he actually, Mr. Adams actually passed away in the home. In 1934. Yeah, 1934, mm -hmm. so. And what and, happened and, after 1934? It, uh, what, it went into another set of hands, or what? 
Well, I, I, his wife, um, she basically just kind of shuttered it up, okay. and she moved to California. And then every year she would come back to Deadwood okay. to certify her um, residency. Her residency, but she would never stay in the house. She would always stay at the Franklin Hotel in town there, and she had always said that the house was haunted. And some people say, oh, well, she, she was had, saying it was haunted way back then. Yes. Some people seem to think that she may have said this to okay. keep people away from the house. Okay. To okay. Keep, you know, okay. trespass, uh, things like that. So and an interesting side note, because she said it was haunted for the 50 years or whatever it was that it was vacant. It was never vacant. It's like you yeah. think teenagers would dare each other. I dare you to go in there or like break dishes. Right, or right, be- right. Nothing was ever done to the home, yeah. ever. But lots That's of crazy things that went on for Mr. Adams because his first wife and his daughter and his grandbaby, like they all passed in a very short period of time. Like within 24 hours. Yeah, 48. Yeah. What? Yeah. what happened? What, what, did they catch a disease or what happened? Well, no, his, his daughter was Helen. Helen, yeah. Um, had... She was living in California with her husband, and Mrs. Um, Adams at the time, um, what was her name? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, anyways, she, uh, since her daughter was pregnant and was about ready to have the child, right. she said, well, I want to travel to California to, to visit right. and be there when the child's born. Well, they had diagnosed her with cancer, and the and the doctor basically said, "No, you probably shouldn't travel because it, it's going to probably be bad for you." And she said, "Well, I don't care. I want to be there, you know, right. for the child." So she, you know, she was driven back to California, and when she got there, um, she passed away. Wow. Well, grief of 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 her mother passing away, Helen gave premature birth. And she passed away in childbirth, and then the baby died the next day. So all of his family passed away within a 48-hour period of time. And Mr. Adams was here, you know, was still here in Deadwood when he got the news. So that had to have been a pretty impactful um, thing on the environment of the home. Oh, absolutely. And you can time to time mm-hmm. you can when you go in there you can you can you can yeah i mean even me i, I mean like mo's always said this before you know we have a, the the sense of a rock but you know there's times you go you can go in there and actually kind of feel like eh, it's a little bit depressed but right. but then well, you know, as an investigator yeah. you've investigated you know you like you walk into a room and it feels just yes. normal and you walk into a room and all of a sudden it's super oppressive and you don't yeah. know why Yes. That's the kind of things that run into at the Adams house. Right, right, yeah. You you pick up on it, and sometimes it is an act of haunting. Sometimes it's just something that's bled into the fabric right. of the place, especially intense yeah. feelings like that. But, or instantly jump to the you know the dark side. Oh God, it's Satan. And, uh, <laughs> you know, right. But as investigators, we have to go. Okay, why does it feel this way? Now we have to go in and figure out why. Right. Versus back and go, oh, let's not go in there. That room is kind of creepy, and we're not going to go right. in there now. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I know. I, I've like, seen that. That some people it's like, well, but that's what you're there for. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's intelligent haunting there because we will have a lot of activity that interacts with us. Yes, but we then will. also, if we have a group that's very disrespectful in the house, right? They will interacting with us Nothing. all together. Yep. None. Really, it's like everybody packs up and just like, okay, we're out of here for a bit. Isn't that exactly? I think that yeah, that 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 definitely is an indicator that you do have an intelligent haunting there versus something residual that would just you would hear it no matter who was there or what anybody. And over the with the Adams House specifically is it it seems and I and of course we can't you know document this as fact but it does seem that we have interacted with members of the original Franklin family and the Adams family as well. Okay. Okay. You don't know what you're until you start, you know, until you start investigating. Mm -hmm. And then say our periscopes go off. Or is this, is this Mr. Franklin? No, it doesn't go off. Is this, you know, right. are, are you one of these? And it goes off. You, you know, it's kind of hit and miss. Well, I, I will say that I had a pretty interesting experience. Uh, what was it? it would have been last year during the tours. And it was kind of a personal experience. You know, okay. it, it actually was was kind of heartwarming because we had a group upstairs in Mr. Adams' room and, and I was given the tour and one of the gentlemen in the group was, he was a little bit drunk and he was starting to get a little loud and and I had asked, I told him that, listen, you know, you can't keep this up or you're going to have to leave. Uh -huh. And he was, he was saying, well, this is a bunch of BS and stuff. And right. so finally he left and when he left, I just, to the house, I apologized. I apologized to the house and the people, you know, the spirits, right. and, and, and I said, hey, I'm very sorry for that. You know, we, we never intended to bring anybody in being disrespectful like this, and so I apologize. It's, it's on us. And okay. last night, I was coming into the house and because we were ending up with a spirit box um, uh, thing, and, and as I was walking in the house past the library, they had a group in there and they had the ovulus and as I walked by the room, the ovulus went off and called my name. Really? It said Mark. Yeah. Oh. And so to me, it, it was almost kind of like it was recognizing me exactly. and the respect to them. And, and we've always gone in that house with respect. So Well, we do on every investigation. Yeah, but we never go in like y'all puffed yeah. up like prairie chickens like, oh, we're going to kick your butt or what have you we're not going to do that yeah. that's right. not what we're about right right yeah, yeah. And, and i know i know unfortunately that a, a lot of them do what is it that provocation or stuff like that and i i always think that that's a bad idea really bad idea you know, know or you know that you're trying to, to like you know like yeah okay you know like in a, in a confrontation with you don't at the end of the day you don't even know first of all if there's anything there and exactly what it is so yeah, I think that's exactly. that's not good. You know this as a, as a fellow investigator. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that you're we're not dead, right? And a whole bunch of people just come in your house and start barking questions and all this stuff without being you know polite. You're going to yeah. be like, what the hell are you here? And why are you here? Exactly, exactly. It's yeah, yeah. It's not. It's well, yeah. It's not. Uh, it, it, it usually and it, it, even for investigative purposes, it's just not good. It's not good right. and. If by any chance you do have any type of confrontational or darker energy, 
you're going to leave that family with a big problem on their hands. <laughs> when you pack up your stuff and leave, they're going to be like, hey, they're going to be calling you up a couple of hours later. You need to come back. And funny, when Mark was talking about the Adams house, Danny, when she's with us, when we're doing the tours and stuff at the Adams house, when we go upstairs into Mary Adams' room, she always gets results. Always. I can usually always get Mary to interact with Mary, me. Mary, it seems it's Mary. It seems like it's her. Well, and one of the cool experiences, my husband is a big skeptic. And okay. funny, right? Because he's married to a medium. But um, <laughs> we, he came on an investigation one year, uh, he and my daughter, and we were using a mag light on the bed. And I um, just said, Mary, if you're in the room with us, can you turn the mag light on? Oh. And boom, it came I thought he was going to piss his pants. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. It's like, all right, there you go. I love She'll it. usually be in her room. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah it, let me ask you: Have you have you guys come across? And the reason why I'm going to ask this: ghosts of any animals or anything having to do with something? Like we think animal. we may, especially the Adams, because we know they had, uh, I guess they were pit bulls or something. They well, were like boxers. Yeah, or Boston Terriers. I can't remember. Like but yeah. anyway, this is kind of funny. Mr. Adams named every single dog Patsy. So if one tipped over, they got a new one. They named it Patsy again. That's kind okay. of cool because he's old. All right. Get their name. But it does seem like every once in a while, people are like, hey, something just brushed against my leg, you know, down low really and stuff. Which is. Well, right. And Danny was on the floor in Mr. Adams' room um, trying to get and it was a dog and yeah. she was like trying to get it to come over and and um, yeah it, that was the first time I was there and I had never been in the Adams' mm -hmm. house before and the dog was in that room where the dog's collar typically is yeah yeah, yeah. right and, and think cool. about it even if you called that hey Patsy it's like okay because they named all their dogs Patsy <laughs> you know it's like yeah you're, you're probably that's, yeah, I mean, and the reason why I say that is that I've heard a lot of times that, uh, especially if people have kept pets for a long time, that exactly what you're describing, they if they don't see, or they'll see something like, you know, run across, you know, like, you know, very low ground, that kind of deal. It's really funny when we when we do the tours with, the, with Deadwood History at the Adams House in October, and someone might say that you've got 15 people everybody's been over come here patsy come here, come here. <laughs> so let me ask you are you guys preparing are you going to be doing something for halloween this year over there at that adams uh, house we work with deadwood history every october and we do the adams house with him we'll do three weekends okay. and we won't come dead weird that's a big halloween festival they have in deadwood okay but there's too many drunk people and people in costumes, and you know people aren't yeah. taking it seriously. So we do yeah. the first conference in October, and yeah. that's all by Deadwood History. We just show up and do what we do. They they're the ones that sell tickets and do all that fun stuff. Right, right, right. That yeah. And, you, and usually, what they will have us or will ask us to do is usually at March, April time frame, we'll go in just as their team. Just, you know, and investigate and see if we get any new information or, you know, okay. new interactions that we can share with the people on the tours come October. Okay. Okay. Sure. And how yeah, about um, any area there? And sometimes I've seen this where there's certain areas, especially in a town where it's just businesses don't succeed and people will say, hey, you know, that's just a place that's got bad luck. You know what I'm saying? The reason why I say that is that I know that out there there, were, there was, or I don't know if there still is, a lot of casinos and stuff, I imagine, that was built on top of old stuff. 
Do you have an area sure. of town that's like that? Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if we have an area where you know stuff doesn't work, but Deadwood definitely, for a lack of better terms, has almost has a pall over it. <laughs> you know about it, you know it's not oh. like uber dark or anything like that. Yeah, right. but it does have. A, yeah, because see, a lot of a lot of the business owners in Deadwood, uh, probably all of them, they they embrace the paranormal. Um, right. There's okay. many of them that you know you can go in there and hey, you know, do you have any weird stuff happen here? And oh yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. And and I mean, it, it's kind of because that's money, that's haunted tours. Yeah. yeah that's, and one thing I forget because you know a lot of times people. When they think of Deadwood, they think of cowboys or lawmen, but there was a lot of miners, and I know that some of the mining can be very dangerous, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you and guys have any best... ghosts of any miners out there? Or are there any mines still active? Dated the blue gold mine, for one. And Danny's had some interactions, if you want to talk about it, with the mining, with the mining crew, for lack of a better term. Yeah, just that, that house we were talking about where the miners, um, where I got touched. There was quite a bit of activity with the miners there. Okay, and what do you know? Was it like something that happened as a group to them when they were mining, or they just any idea who they were? So, in the location that I'm talking about, where we had it was a mining house. It it just housed all it was miners. A bunk house. Yep. Okay. And it was so like, they was it like a, a boarding house kind of deal where they stayed at? Right. Yep, and just kind of walking through. Guys, we were doing kind of a walkthrough, and what I do is I go through and I try to pick up activity that the house is normally doing to kind of verify for the owners what they might be experiencing, and that was where I was touched a couple of times, uh, which, do, I mean, doesn't bother me. Obviously, a ghost isn't going to offend me, but, but yeah, it was quite interesting to be touched in personal private areas by men that you can't well, yeah, see. Yeah, no, I imagine. They must have been. Yeah, was... a boarding house for minors is like, yeah. Because what was it? Because even back then, the um, the ratio of men to women was very drastically uneven. There was a yeah. lot of guys running around out there and very little women. That's why yeah. I guess they had all those brothels, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, they'd, be, they'd bring them, they'd, they'd wagon them in from other parts of the country and, you know, to come and, and work in Deadwood, you know, and, and um, you know, to at least you know, try to keep them in, you know, satisfied or whatever, you know, I you mean, want to call it. I imagine most, like everybody else, I hate to say it, people, it's like, it's for the money. I mean, they, I imagine they set up those brothels because they knew the ratio of men to women were like very uneven. So it was like, okay, let's, right. let's go make some money out in Deadwood. Because that's, I mean, right. that's what I understand happened to a lot of these frontier places that were either you know that started out as mining towns that always the ratio of men to women so they would instantly set up brothels and stuff like that uh and uh let me ask you uh i've heard that is what was it seth bullock he's he started uh, a hotel out there also right the Bullock hotel right is that haunted it definitely has activity. It has activity. I don't know if I'd use the H word, but it has activity. And funny you should bring it up. Okay. This is three or four years we are investigating the Bullock Hotel. We got invited in. Mm-hmm. We had a recorder up on the second or third floor of the motel now. And before the hotel, or motel, hotel, 
before it was there, it was like, you know, Tent City, and that's mm -hmm. where Seth Bullock and Star had their hardware store. Okay. And we're investigating. It's like February. There's like eight, ten inches of snow on the ground. It's two o'clock in the morning. We got an EVP of sawing. Zoom, zoom, oh, really? Zoom. So could that be residual of when it was a hardware store? You yeah. know, back today, we don't know. But that was really interesting. That's something that we normally don't get. That is a very you know, unusual, like, EVP. You're not going to get that modern day at 2 in the morning in a, in a city. You're not going to hear somebody just getting after it with a handsaw kind of thing. No, you're absolutely right. That is such an unusual thing. And that observation that you made that apparently what before they actually built a structure, they right. which is what a, a lot of these frontiers town, they would run the out of tents. They right. would run the businesses before they actually put up a structure. That's yep. very interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending this time. It has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you guys right. again. And um, let me ask you just for the podcast listeners, what is your website address? So if they want to go and find out about any events. Rockhillsparanormal.com. Okay. It's, well, it's, it's bhparanormal. bhparanormal. Yeah. bhparanormal.com. And then we also have Black Hills Paranormal on, on Facebook. And if anything exciting is going on, we'll post that. Because obviously we can't post every single investigation we go on. Because we leave that up to the clients. Right. But if the clients are okay with it, and, I, and we will post it up, you know, if, we, if we're going into a house or a business or whatever, and they're okay with it, we will try to do Facebook Live if we, you know, if, if we okay. have a good business. Which, so by the way, I, I want to ask you about any of these recent investigations that I know that because of the COVID thing, everything's got kind of like, have you come across any interesting cases recently that yeah. uh, you guys came up, that you guys investigated? With our, LS, with our SLS camera, one of the places we didn't lead, uh, we actually, these people, they're renovating this house and we're in there and we're doing the Facebook live and I'm, Mark's got the SLS camera, so I have to shoot over his shoulder, okay. but we have... There's a heater just in the middle of the room because they're renovating the house. It's just like some kind of space heater. Right. And this thing is trying to move it. To, I don't know where it was going to move it to, but oh, it's trying. It was, it, the heater was moving? Yeah. No, the heater wasn't moving, but you know, with the SLS camera, we had a figure, and you oh. could see it. Oh. Trying, trying to get it to move. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure. Like, are you serious? I think it was also where I got touched on the shoulder there too yeah, it was. and I thought it was Mo yeah. like right now but like isn't that, wasn't. isn't that great when you think he's uh, all of a sudden you look and it's like nobody's there it's like oh alright and you don't get scared because like you said you're thinking you're thinking oh it's so and so that's behind me or right next to me until you that's like that, that you know that all, what was it all those horror movies the ghosts where you're in bed and you're thinking you're holding the hand of the person in bed with you, and then all of a sudden you realize it's not yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the fun thing about investigators, and that's why everybody on our team has gone through a pretty stringent vetting process, is because there are times when most people would scream, run, you know, they're getting the hell out of Dodge. Sure. We can't do That's not what we're here, you know, here for. We find out what's going on. Now, you might, you might get unnerved, I guess, for a I, I for me, unnerved, I guess. Yeah. 
but you know, you're not you're not running away. You're going to go. Okay, why do I feel this way? Okay. You know, what's because you won't see us, like I've said earlier, you won't see us run away, but you, you'll see us. We'll go We'll go into a room or wherever it may be, and then we'll come back out, and then we'll ask another investigator. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, come here for a Go in there and tell me what you feel mm-hmm. to make sure it's something that, you know, it's not individual. Like, we're just not creeped out for some goofy reason. Is it something that's that's really happening that we can actually feel, you know, more than one person, which adds credence to what we're trying to do. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And believe it or not, that's what everybody, when you see a lot of these people, it's like, yeah, it's okay to get startled. But at the end of the day, that's what you're there for. You know, you exactly. can go back in there and find out, is this me having a, a weird moment or are we talking absolutely something paranormal? That, that, yeah, that's something you develop after a while. But again, guys, thank you so much. You have been absolutely wonderful. I want to wish you the best of luck and I'm hoping that you guys can come back because... I really want to talk to you guys, especially uh, maybe after the Halloween season. Uh, uh-huh. Oh yeah. And if we do it next time, if you want, I you know, let me know and I can hook you up with it so you can watch too. Yes. So you can see what we're. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. But again, guys, take care. Good luck to you on all your projects. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Let me explain. <clears throat> wow. That's a that's a real. I love talking to him. All. He's he's so he's great. You know that he really is. He's um, you know I I I want to say I interviewed him. Uh, like three years ago. I want to say it was two thousand seventeen, when I interviewed Mo and the rest of his group and. Let me tell you something, they have been together for a long time. He's had that group together for years. And I've said it before on other shows, this is the sign of a great paranormal group. And people don't realize uh, how many groups form and they dissolve. First year, first few months, first couple of years, they just fall apart. They fall apart for a lot of reasons. They fall apart because people are not committed they, or they real they think that the paranormal investigation is going to be something like what they see on the shows it turns out that a lot of the things are boring or there's nothing there or they don't realize that sometimes the only time that you can investigate because the homeowners there is on a weekend and they're like you want me to give up my weekend to go on a on a investigation especially if they've already had first already one experience where all they went to is boring and so, yeah. And then you have also what they call paradrama, where you have a conflict of personalities. So, yes, getting back to my original point, when you find a group like Black Hills Paranormal that's been around for so long. And by the way, um, they, they are, they, they really set a high standard as far as um, confirming, if you want to call it, that it is something paranormal or supernatural. And that's what you want. And they're very professional. And I say this again, either for the person that's looking for a paranormal group or the person that wants to join a paranormal group, these are the harm marks that you look for. Okay. You look for a group that's been together long. You look for a group that's got a good leader. Uh, and same thing. If you're looking for a group to come and investigate in your house, you're opening your door to strangers most of the time. This is what you're looking for. 
you know, how long has this group been together? You know, when I spoke to one of the members, whether it's via email or on phone, were they professional? Because that's what you want to look. You, you, you want somebody that's going to be professional. Uh, and again, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know what? They're, 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 and I think Mo said something about it. He doesn't, he doesn't go in there to debunk it, okay? Because that's not the idea per se. But if you're really, truly serious about what's going on, let's say you suspect something's going on in your house, if it's not in your face, for example, you do want somebody that sets a high standard. Because when they come to you with evidence, okay, you can be assured like, oh, this person or this group is not ready to believe anything, you know? Because that's what you want. You want a group that's going to tell you, look, we looked and we investigated. We didn't come up with it. Or, look, this is what we found. This is what we think it is. But for them to present something to you, you know, okay, they must have really found something. And... Um, yeah, that definitely, um, and that, that area, I, I mean, I know that Hollywood does a lot of things with history, but as far as the, uh, the Deadwood series, it's one of my favorite series because it was, personally, I like the actors and it was well acted. And as far as Hollywood's concerned, it glamorized it, but it really didn't glamorize it. It really um, demonstrated how raw, life well in this case it was deadwood but in in a frontiers town in a mining town was life was cheap i hate to say it yeah you could get in trouble for murdering but just like the that story that they talk about while bill hillcock you know you could have that same person when another town was a gunslinger he could have been outlawed the next thing you know they hire him as a sheriff in a um in another town and the reason for this is because well you know I wrote that book, The Haunted History of the Old West uh, Wicked Ladies, which talks about, you know, I did a lot of research into a lot of these towns, including Deadwood. Um, sometimes some towns were so out of control that the mayors, you know, the people that were the little government of that town, basically they couldn't, most men that they would hire were, didn't want a job because the crime and you know they had the, the what they call the tenderloin which is where they had all the brothels and the saloons and stuff were so out of control that sometimes they were forced to hire real hard-nosed guys that at some point might have even been outlaws or gunslingers themselves or have been in trouble with the law because this is what they needed in order to bring law and order to their town as they grew and I'm sure if any of you've seen that movie Tombstone, which you know, um, uh, you know, uh, the the Earp brothers and uh, you know, shoot out the Okay Corral and all of that, and there's a scene in it where Wyatt he's come to Tombstone and all he wants to do is run a, a card game, you know, and work in the saloons and he you know he's that's where he's looking to make money and he's bringing his brother in and. There's a point where, you know, in the in the movie, of course, because of the cowboys and they, they just can't control them and crime and shootings, that they're asking him, we need you to be the sheriff. And that happened quite a lot where in these towns as they grew, yeah, there was a lot of money, but at the same time, you had so much a rush of people coming in 
and I hate to say it, a lot of them of doubtful characters that you needed a very strong-willed person to step in and bring in law and order because that's that's the way back things were back then all right and um there was um you know in 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 uh in the uh, that book the, the part that i that i wrote about um the deadwood there was one murder where uh a couple I think they had a hotel and a business or a restaurant, something like that. And they had fired somebody that was working for them. And I guess he knew that they kept money as in cash there at their business in their home. Because that's another thing back then. A lot of times, you know, people they, their, the, the, where they slept, their houses and their businesses were all connected in the same building. And uh, I guess he knew that the couple kept money cash because of the business so it wasn't just a disgruntled employee but you know that was that fed bottom line he breaks in and he had an axe and he basically cleaved it into the lady's head right here and um they caught him and i guess her husband was not there that day she had stayed home. She had been in bed or something. She heard a noise and she comes out. And he put like an axe right here, like on the bridge of her nose. And when they when they caught him eventually, I, th I think that he stole some money, plus he stole some other items in the house and they found him. Uh, they had some, and he tells that he meant to kill the barking dog, but by mistake he killed her. But anyway, he killed the dog with a butcher knife, so. Anyway, the guy ended up hanging for it. But my point being that back then, you know, in comparison that, you know, you didn't have to be a gunslinger or, you know, a brothel owner or a prostitute or one of these wild people. You could be just a normal, like, uh, business person, you know, trying to make money there, maybe a little restaurant. And, yeah, you could find your... Back then, it was like... Um, this is not like, give me, you know, in other words, no witnesses. How's that? This guy was not about to leave any witnesses behind and even dispatch the dog. And very brutally, by the way. Uh, yeah, he, he hung for, for that crime. Uh, as a matter of fact, I forgot to ask him, you know, sometimes some of these areas where they have the gallows at, they, they there's weird stuff that goes on if, if anybody ever remembers you know, or if it was ever marked or if anything was ever built over that land where, you know, they would have the gallows. Which, by the way, back then, public executions, because that's what they would have, uh, this was like an open-air event. This place was surrounded because I saw a picture of the execution of that guy. It was surrounded by a mob. I mean, a lot of people, This was and this was out in the open when they executed somebody, which, of course, was psychological because basically not only were they showing, hey, punishment for a crime, but... What they were telling or showing the general populace was if you do something like this, this is going to be your end. This is how you're going to end your days at the end of a rope. Um, so, yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is that circumstances like that, a lot of times, um, are what bring about uh, intelligent and active hauntings. Yeah. That... Uh, 
There was even uh, another story where there was a Chinese population that lived there in Deadwood and supposedly there was um, a lady, Chinese lady, who was murdered and this came out in the regular papers of that time and uh, apparently after she was killed she was bludgeoned to death, something like that, same thing with an axe or something like that. Shortly thereafter they rented out where she was staying, you know, they were being pragmatic about it. But what happened was that supposedly there was a reenactment of the crime where they would hear, it was an auditory thing where they would hear like the crime being reenacted when she was killed. And uh, there was an observation that they would say that they were going to try to like get a blessing for the house, you know, among the Chinese community, but if not pretty soon that it was going to be very inexpensive to, you know, get that piece of, uh, of real estate. I don't know if it was a house or an apartment or exactly, you know, what was in it, you know, but yeah, I mean, it, in other words, there, there was a lot of uh, different parts of society there in Deadwood that life was very raw uh, out there uh, during those years. And then, like we said, Deadwood had prostitution all the way into the 80s. So if you don't think that a lot of weird and unusual things were taking, that's why I asked them. You know, have you come across hauntings um, that, contrary to what people want to go back to, the you know, when it was a frontiers town, something much more current. And let's face it, where you have prostitution, you're going to have other types of crime. You know, you have other vice crimes, the casino, money. Uh, I mean, a lot of things happen all under that umbrella where, you know, and the people don't realize that also that, you know, that the thing about, you know, now it's different because of DNA evidence, but back then, no victim, no crime. People would disappear and nobody would ever be the wiser. What happened to him? Oh, he, there goes my, my happy, uh, my happy. So yeah, my dog's had a moment there because they're still having it. But anyway, um, that a, a, a lot of things, again, and the reason why I say this is that when you look at these historical places, you want to immediately jump to the conclusion, you romanticize it, you know, it's the gunslingers, Wild Bill Hillcock, and blah, blah, blah. but there's a lot of sordid stuff that happens. Um, like I said, when you're talking about gambling, uh, prostitution, vice, you know, a lot of things happen. People disappear, never found again, no victim, no crime. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes your your ghost is something much more modern, believe it or not. Even after um, after that, there was the time of prohibition. Remember, the this area is very close to the Canadian border. There was a lot of just like in you know when anything is illegal, there was a lot of crimes committed around smuggling and booze from you know whether it was down south you know we had it down here in south florida where they would bring it up from bimini in the bahamas uh or up there you know when they would cross over from canada you know a lot of that again crimes money uh the prohibition the gangsters the g-men that's what i'm saying uh you always have to look at the who are the possible culprits if you want to call them that as to who is really committing the haunting
if that's the case you have to keep an open mind because it could be a cast of thousands but anyway guys i hope you like the show i have a lot of great guests coming on uh make sure to look up my as, as a matter of fact i just released one today which is the dead cast no shadow which is a novella sybil novella my number two you can find it on amazon or you can go to my website marlenepardo.com or miamighostchronicles.com if you want to go to amazon and look me up as marlene pardo pelliser you will also find all my books on there again uh if you have any stories paranormal stories weird stories unusual stories by all means get a hold of me marlene at miamighostchronicles.com i would love to hear about it and uh thank you so much for spending this time with me and for coming back every week take care